Why should you care about another human being? Why should you care about someone with special needs? Well, you are a human being. And today we are celebrating some of the best guests that we had on the show in 2015. So I'd like to invite you to sit back and relax as I introduce you again to an amazing human being who is doing everything that she can in her power to change the lives of those with special needs. Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. You are listening to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life and your business matter. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host and executive producer, Coach Ria. Thank you again for being here. Just a quick intro, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional coaching, training, and production company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our personal as well as professional life. On this show, we have experts that come in and share some helpful tips and suggestions with you. And you are welcome to contact them directly from the information we provide on the show page or you can contact us at www.yourlifenow.info. Again, that's yourlifenow.info. But before we start the show, I like to set my intention as always. My intention of hosting and continue to do this show is to inspire change and transformation. I'd like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life and in your business so you can have the life that you desire and the successful business that you desire. So all I ask of you is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will get right into our amazing show for you guys. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us. Whether you are listening to the show live or archive, I do appreciate each one of you. So just a quick reminder, the show will be archived the minute we go off the air. So it's available for you to download, to listen to it again right here on this link. Or you can also go to iTunes in the podcast section and also listen there or download it as well as the Stitcher app. So if you have the Stitcher app for your smartphone, 
you can listen to the show, all the episodes available right there on the Stitcher app. Well, it's this time of year where we look back at some of the best guests we had on the show in 2015. But before we do that, I'd like to give a great thanks to every single guest that came on the show, on Your Life Now show, and share great information and helpful tips to help us in our personal and in professional life. So great thanks to you guys. But today, I'd like to introduce you again to an amazing woman who is truly making a huge difference in the life of those with special needs and their parents. So I'm going to share some of the highlights of the interview that we did with Debbie Ovland, the founder and the CEO of Special Lives. I will also share some highlights from an event that I had an honor to attend with Debbie Ovland in Washington, D.C., hosted by the United States Business Leadership Network. At that event, I interviewed Debbie Ovland again. I also interviewed Randall Johnson, the Senior Vice President of Labor and Immigration and Employee Benefits at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Jason Bryan, he's a Corporate HR Compliance Manager, Dash Workforce at BAE System Incorporation. So the U.S. Business Leadership Network is a national nonprofit that helps business drive performance by leveraging disability inclusion in the workplace, supply chain, and marketplace. So again, why should we care about this? Because we are human beings, and every human being has the right to live life to its fullest potential. And all that is available to any human being should also be available to human being with special needs. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will get right into our interview with Debbie Ovland, some of the highlights from her previous interview on the show, and then some of the highlights from the Leadership Summit in Washington, D.C. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Are you a parent or a caregiver of a child with a special need? Are you overwhelmed and seeking to find happiness in the midst of it all? Debbie Ovland, the founder of SpecialLives.com, has the right tools to help you stay on a happier path, chronic happy, and how to achieve it, a special needs parent survival guide, a powerful book that covers the basics to help you understand those feelings of sadness that emerge occasionally and helps you navigate through those emotions and in many cases avoid them altogether. Grab your copy today either by going to Amazon.com or speciallives.com. Again, Chronic Happy and How to Achieve It, a Special Need Parents Survival Guide, is available on Amazon Kindle or speciallives.com. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us. 
So today we are celebrating some of the best of the guests that we had on the show. Of course, every guest we had, amazing and great. And I do want to thank you guys for contributing, for sharing a lot of great information and tips with us. But today I'd like to highlight an amazing person who is making a huge difference in the world by helping those with special needs and also parents of those with special needs, young adults with special needs. So who is Debbie Ovlan? Debbie Ovlan was an assistant chief of nursing at Audie Murphy Veterans Hospital. She is a selfless person. She tried to use her resources and make impossible happen. And the end result is serving those with special needs. She had retired from her veteran administration in 2011. Debbie held clinical positions in surgical intensive care and leadership positions in cardiology, nurse recruiting, nursing administration, education. In 2011, Ms. Ovland has maintained her clinical credentials by contracting her nurse practitioner service to staffing company, completing annual home health visits for Medicare clients and as well as consultant to private practices. Her passion, purpose, and equally rewarding position is as a founder of Special Lives. Special Lives is a privately owned company, which Ms. Ovland feels, after 10 years of study, and as a mother of a daughter with disability, fulfills a critical need. Special Lives is like the mother of all special needs mothers. Ms. Ovland explains, the most important concerns that we baby boomer have for our children with disability who are coming into their own is to have one entity to make certain that four areas are covered education jobs housing and social living and now the highlight of my interview with Debbie Ovland on the show as well as the Washington, D.C. Leadership Summit. Our amazing guest today, Debbie Alvaland, or Debbie O, is a board-certified family nurse practitioner, a community leader, a researcher, author, public speaker, disability transition expert, certified dementia coach, and advocate for people with disability. Please help me welcome our incredible guest, Debbie O. Welcome, Debbie. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for being here. Uh, oh, it is gr- such a great honor. Thank you so much for having me. I, this is oh. a lot of fun already, I can tell. <laughs> well, we try to have fun here. We try to share a lot of information, a lot yeah. of helpful tips, but we have fun here on this show. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know the the nice thing about what I do it was so funny. I took my uh, um, my dog, our dog Bella, which you probably seen her picture sometime. I posted yes. it on Instagram everywhere. <laughs> you know, I took her to her for physical, right? And she goes uh-huh. to a holistic vet who is also a friend of mine who has been on our show as well. And he asked me this question. He said, "Let me ask you, why do you do the radio?" 
And I said, that's really uh, funny because you've never listened to my introduction, have you? He <laughs> <laughs> needs to listen. <laughs> I, well, he does. He's been on. He's been a guest, but like he's wondering, like, why do I put the effort oh. and time to produce this show? And I do produce every single episode myself. I, you know, I mean, I, I pride myself of doing that because I really enjoy doing it. And I told him. I said, I really do enjoy doing it. But one of the other things that I really, really love about what I do with the radio is people like you who come on the show and inspire me, inspire me in such a way that I just feel like I got goosebumps right now. Like, what makes people like yourself do what they do? And what's that with that? Oh, my God, Debbie, my friend, I, I am, like, so inspired by you. It's amazing, oh. amazing what you do. Oh, and stuff. oh so, you're so kind. No, but, <laughs> Thank you. Know, it you. is true, and I don't think for anybody who's listening, and I do hope people share the show, people who've been, you know, um, mm-hmm. in a situation where you have to deal or, you know, mm-hmm. have to care, yeah. so not deal, mm-hmm. care. Caregiver. Yes, well, deal also. <laughs> exactly. Well, you care, you being a caregiver for young adults with disability. And you doing that. And, you know, so when I think about it and I just say, you know what, I am not sure I can do that. So let me ask you, what inspired you? How did you become, I know you are a certified, you know, nurse. Yes. How did the whole thing start? Would you just briefly explain to us? Yes, well, actually, um, I became a nurse because I have, you know, I had family members who were nurses, and and I I like taking care of people. I like trying to make a difference. I like trying to solve problems. And then, lo and behold, um, after uh, many years of of trying to become pregnant, I became pregnant with our first son, Christopher. And then when I was 39, I became pregnant with our daughter, Lizzie. And Lizzie is uh, going is now 20. She just had a birthday, and uh, of course, kids do not come with instruction books. But yeah. thank goodness, I was a family nurse practitioner, and I had been one for for some time, and uh, so that kind of gave me a leg up on looking at the family dynamics and having a child with special needs. And my daughter's given me permission to say that, you know, that she has P12 deletion disorder, which is a rare chromosomal disorder. Uh, She has slightly low cognition. But, oh, my gosh, Rhea, I have learned so much on this journey from Lizzie, from other parents, and it is not easy, uh, but I am bound and determined uh, to... To make it a good journey, and what I these young people inspire me as as she's gotten older, and meeting other young people, artists and writers and 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 computer geeks and nonverbal young adults who get jobs. So mm. it makes me say to other people, "Don't tell me you can't do so and so." You know, <laughs> right, don't tell right. me you're having a bad day, you know, you don't feel like doing this. And I'm not saying it's easy. Um, uh, I I talk to many, many groups across the country, and um, I wrote a book, and, and just cut me off, because you're talking about my passion here, so I can go on and on. But 
um, one one issue is you know the parents or guardians must take care of themselves, and they get stuck. You know, like they're mm. they're young adults, twenty two. Services are going to get cut off. They've got to get a job. They've got to have a place right. to live. Um, and they they go, oh my gosh, you know, what what are we going to do? And they panic. And I've been in many groups where um, I'll say, hmm. You know, we've got the list of, you know, 14 pages of things we're supposed to contact, places, organizations. I wonder what happened. And we go around the room and tears start. And so I discovered an old, you know, I, I didn't discover it. I re- recalled an old nursing theory called chronic sorrow. So I've been asked to speak about that a lot. So I decided to write a little ebook called Chronic Happy. <laughs> because I who wants to write a Bible yeah. that says, uh-huh. <laughs> chronic sorrow. Oh boy, I'm going to get that one. <laughs> but uh, it basically just gives some tidbit, uh, tidbits. There's a little, um, it's chronic happy and and, uh, and how to achieve it. And it's a special need parent survival guide because chronic sorrow kind of comes and goes. It was first studied with uh, parents with uh, kids with disabilities, and now they found people, you know, anyone with a disability. Mm-hmm. You know, new or chronic illness goes through these ups and downs, ups and downs. You never know what's going to trigger it. If, if you know that such a thing exists and it's normal, you know, to miss the function of your legs, for example, or, or you know, to um, to go to a bridal shower and know that your daughter or your son is, you know, probably not going to get married. In many cases, they do, but I'm just saying, you know, things can trigger um, can trigger this sorrow. If you know ahead of time you're going to go to an event, then it's about taking care of yourself um, and, and just kind of letting that week be the not-so-stressful week. And, you know, as caregivers, we don't even know when we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. We don't. Yeah, it has right. to be planned. You you got to plan your respite time. And right. uh, so those are some things, you know, I, I've given a lot of talks to from medical schools to nursing schools to um, organizations or, or whatever. And, you know, you can give all the caregiver pamphlets you want. And, and, and part of the dementia um, uh, care uh, uh, certification is, is the uh, I swear to goodness is like they don't even know when they're exhausted they're they're so accustomed and sometimes you know I've gone up to someone at a break and just you know seen some pain or fatigue in their eyes and just you know took their hand and said you know how's it going what's going on and they just start sobbing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like well let's move over by the water fountain here and talk a minute. So um, I, I don't know. It, it's not that I'm happy to see them sob, or, or but it's it's just that uh, it just reinforces we we have to reach out and we have to plan ahead our downtime, our fun time, our travel time, our time with our partners or our soulmates or or whatever, or or we'll lose that, and that's another sort of life. If we don't have a life, how is that young adult we're trying to mentor and work with day in and day out, repeat, 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 repeat the same things over and over? How can you do that if you don't take care of yourself? 
Well, that's so, a, that. You made a, just a great great point because we bring this up on the show quite often, pretty much every time, and this is not even related to any, you know, special needs people, anybody with disability. It's just life in general. When you are a caregiver or you somebody who cares for somebody who depends on you, if you are not well and you can't take care of yourself first, mm-hmm. you are not in a position to take care of anybody else. So mm-hmm. that's what, you know, a lot of time, and I love that you're focused because you're not only a nurse who just, like, deals with a patient. And most of the time, you know, my whole issues with, like, how we, we the, the whole medical system here, you know, like how we just really focus on the system, on, on the symptoms. We don't really focus mm-hmm. on the actual patient, the family, and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll make a huge difference. In their quality of life, the patient, the people like, you know, in that case here, you know, people with special needs, people with, you know, young, you know, young adult, adult with disability, you know, if, if the caregiver really not, you know, been, you know what I mean, like really focused on to, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to take care of them. So always remember, you come first. The person who is whole comes first. You gotta take care of yourself first because if you are not whole, you can help someone else. Absolutely. May May I share a story? I um, Please. I, I wrote I love a little. Uh, I wrote a little, uh, just a little blog on on Facebook. A very 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 dear friend, Jamar Landrum, NFL player, um, uh, uh, is now a, uh, a spokesperson for ID Life Nutrition. Whatever. This isn't a, a plug necessarily for Jamar, but I really got close to this young man. I, I did. I do. I have a small practice, and I use you know um, light therapy and laser therapy and so on. And we worked on his mm-hmm. knee for a while, and I got to know him, and just got to know what a deep wonderful soul he uh he is i say was he is he moved to st louis well the night um that he left town he came by and told uh, told me goodbye and told lizzie goodbye and everything and i thought about how jamar had inspired me to take care of myself and i i had a flashback kind of as a young nurse in surgical icu mm-hmm. I was taking care of a young man, and anyone who's read my Facebook, you know, little page or the note about this, and Jenna Mars knows, you know, this is old news. But, um, but I was taking care of this gentleman, very uncomplicated. He wasn't surgical ICU, but uh, we were getting ready to go out to the floor, you know, getting got his little bed bath and everything ready. And I was about to get him in a chair, and suddenly blood pressure drops, open lines, put him in what they call Trendelenburg, or you know, head down, coated him, and he died. <gasps> and um, yeah, died. Uh, and this was just, it was, he, just only because of his age was he even in surgical ICU for, you know, 24 hours for observation. And he had a very rare, and it just so happened, he was in the hospital, he had a dissected um, aortic aneurysm. Uh, it wasn't anything the surgeons had done or missed. It wasn't anything I had done or missed or whatever. I mean, it just happened. You know, he's like, he lost his color, lost his pulse. And he was coded. So the code went, as they say, well. I mean, you know, it ran smoothly. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, it didn't have a, the outcome we would hope for. And it was all pretty much routine. And called the family and we cleaned the patient up. Uh, this was many, many years ago, so there's no way you can tell who this man was. Um, but called the family in. And um, I was okay, Rhea, until uh, the daughter, who was about my age at the time, in her late 20s, uh, I'm now uh, 58, but uh, she was in her late 20s. I was in my late 20s. 
and she came in, and because they had just seen him and knew, he, they they'd seen what bed he was going to on the floor. You know, they they were anticipating just like I was, and it was it was just a big shock. And she said, "Daddy," and started crying. I stepped around mm-hmm. the curtain and I started crying. <laughs> I I mean, it was you know, bless his soul, he was gone, but I saw the effect it had on this young woman. She was, you know, she just wailed like a wounded animal. Um, And a friend of mine came up, uh, a colleague, and touched my hand, and I shook my head, no, you know, no, like, no, 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 I'm going to finish this up. You know, I need to get these lines down and, you know, get this place, you know, this straightened up. We're going to have another admission coming. And she says, no. And she saw that, you know, I just couldn't stop the tears. I I was muffled, but I, I couldn't stop it. And she says, Deb, you know, there were oh, there were four Debbies in the intern- intensive care unit at the time. I was a Debo. That's kind of how Debo got started. She says, Debo, uh, go to the back, take a break. And I said, No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. And she says, Debo, and she t- she took my by the hand. And she says, Worry when you cannot cry. That's oh, when you want to worry. Right. So wow. So I went to the back, sob, sob, got it all out of my system. I don't even remember what happened. But what made me think of that was how Jamar, uh, I was going to a circumstance, and this young man, football player, and here I am, a woman in my 50s, I'm a health care provider, I'm tough, I'm, you know, it's okay, young athlete, sit here, let me see that knee. No, it's got fluid on it, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> but he saw something, and I was going to a personal trial at the time, and he did this. It, it reminded me of my friend taking old. He, he would tell me repeatedly at times, you know, uh, I'm, he, called, he nicknamed me Doc. I'm here for you, Doc, okay, if you need anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, and here he was moving, but uh, I, it made me think, you know, you never know. I don't know that he knew. Uh, you know, he always thanked me for helping him out, but, you know, he was really helping me out and showing me, you know, how to be healthy and how to be strong. He didn't even know he was doing that. So I guess the moral of the story is we can, any of us at any given time, not even realize how exhausted we are or that we do need that care. But uh, uh, And I won't say especially caregivers, but anyone. We've got to take care of ourselves and just him you know, reaching out. Debbie, I mean, and you the you know, you the expert. This is your field of expertise. You know, um, nutrition. I mean, health and and yeah. you know, uh, mm-hmm. being a nurse. But you know what? I think you know. I mean, just like you know, just like working with people or even just observing people. I'm a very good observer. I see how people like really they don't realize how bad they feel until mm-hmm. something really seriously goes wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Why do we wait oh. so long to actually realize, you know, that we need to take care of ourselves? I think a lot of times, like in, quote, doing our jobs, we're in fight-or-flight mode, adrenaline's pumping, we're doing our thing, we're in our role, you know, we're in the role, and especially during an emergency uh, or a crisis situation, see, in, in special needs parents or athletes, you know, even, you know, playing football, I mean, that's just like having 16 car wrecks, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> every game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But they're they're in that fight or flight, you know, we're in our role. And um, uh, I think, uh, and I think it kind of slowly creeps up on us from what I can tell. 
And I think also we don't value ourselves maybe sometimes like we should. Uh, I've noticed, you know, at least with some of my parents, you know, some of the parents I've worked with, um, and and they don't realize our young adults with special needs are all kinds of levels, different levels, but they're watching. You know, so if we don't value ourselves, if I'm tired and cranky or if I'm just, you know, sad, well, can I tell you another story? <laughs> may, or may I tell you another story? Sure, love story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I was I was driving along, and, and I'll make this quick. I was driving along, and um, uh, uh, when especially when my daughter was a little bit younger, I would be thinking to myself, all my things to do. You know, okay, you got to go by the store, go to this, get my laptop, get that, go by the cleaners, mm-hmm. go to this, 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 that, this, and um, my daughter would just be a little chatty, Kathy. Well, let's see. We took the dog for a walk today. Then at school, we had so and so, and then so and so broke his crayons, and then the teacher got upset, and then all of a sudden she's quiet, and and I've kind of tuned her out. I mean, because she's telling every little detail: the yellow crayon, the blue one, the green one, then the teacher, and the you know the you know the substitute teacher did this, and, that. and I'm just driving along, and I've kind of tuned her out, and then she gets quiet, and then she'd say, "Mom, look at the sky." The sky's beautiful today, isn't it, Mom? And in other words, it was telling me, yeah, I know you're not paying attention to me, but it's a beautiful day, right? It's a beautiful day today. And it could be gray or cloudy or beautiful. She's trying to get your attention, yeah. She's trying to get your attention. I mean, to me, that's very, you know, she's very sensitive. And so we can't discount just because you know, a, quote, measured IQ is a certain amount. These kids are watching us, and they can tell when we're preoccupied. And and it it always drew me up short, like, okay, be in the moment, like Coach Rhea says, be in the moment. Yeah, I'm the queen of now. Be in the now. (laughs) So, you know, like, it would be so interesting if we all can bring ourselves right now and think about what we think, what we feel, what what is going on, you know, a lot of things will become a lot more manageable. But, I mean, in this case, really here, we're really talking not about necessarily the special need, you know, um, um, kids or young, you know, adults. You know, we're really talking more about the caregiver, what it takes to be mm-hmm. that person, whether you are a nurse or just a caregiver, you know, I mean, you have to have the patience. You have to have the, the, the you know, the passion inside of you to be wanted to help somebody else. Because I'm telling you, this is not for everybody. I mean, you know, I, I just think about, like, just the parents, right? Like, you take care right. of your kids who are healthy. They have no issues, whatever. That's a lot. And you still have to be paying attention. So I can't imagine having someone with special needs. What would it take for someone you know, to be that person, that person who can keep plugging, who can deliver, who can care for someone who really needs them. And you know what? It takes a village, right? I'm sure it does. It does. Oh, I say it takes a universe. <laughs> Seriously. No, a village. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a short break. And okay. when we come back, we're going to talk more about your ebook. We're going to talk about what it, you know, what some of the tips and helpful tips that you can mm-hmm. share with some of these caregivers about taking care okay. of their kids and or Absolutely. not just necessarily the kids, anybody that they have um, special needs. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll be right back. Right back. So please stay tuned. Okay, thank you. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you so much for joining us again, whether you're listening to the show live or archived. I do appreciate you guys. So this is what some of the samples of some of the sponsor ads that we do here on the show. We actually produce these ads. Um, and so if you are interested, make sure you contact us at yourlifenow.info, and we'll be more than happy to give you some kind of, you know, sample or anything like that that you'll be interested in doing, um, whether you are a guest or you will be want to be, be a guest on the show. We'd love to hear from you. So um, we have a great guest. As always, I, I, you know, I'm like, I love what I do. Thank you so much for being here, Debbie. Debbie's here oh. to inspire us. She is a caregiver. She is a board-certified family nurse practitioner. She's a community mm-hmm. leader. Check out the show page that we have. I created a little um, photo with you, for you. I don't know if you saw that from the link. Uh, uh, Debbie, yeah. with you and uh, Governor um, Greg Abbott, the, yeah. the Texas governor. And some yeah. of the stuff that you do, you do a lot of uh, um, work. You are a researcher. Mm-hmm. You are an author. Mm-hmm. You are a speaker. Mm-hmm. You are a disability transition expert certified dementia coach and advocate for people with disability. Before the break, you told us a little couple of stories. We love to hear mm-hmm. stories. And you told us also what inspired you to be the person that you are. And uh, you continue to do amazing work out there. And we want to really spread the word out there so people, you know, to see how we can support you and even support uh, people like you in any community uh, who can, you know, reach out and help and, and be in, in, in service of others who really can use our help. So I wanna I wanna read something that I, I really kinda like I'm always inspired by certain things that people say and I, I wanna quote what you said here. You said greatness is embracing others for the benefit of the greater good. We are meant to empower others, seek out their greatness, passion and purpose. We are all different, which makes us special. Our acceptance of being special is our bond and our greatness. Beautifully said. And in the post, thank you for saying that. Because it really is like many times we try to figure out what is greatness. Like what is it to be great? What is it to be on purpose? And how can we live our passion? And, and you know, it's, it's a lot of different things that come to mind when we think about, you know, living our passion. And I think we all have a story, right? Why we do what we do. What inspires us. And, and um, you know, you shared your story with us about, you know, your daughter. You, talk, you, sh- you shared how, you know, some of the things that, that, you know, happens in your life that really got you to actually extend what you do as a nurse to become, you know, a community leader, to become a disability transition expert, to become that person who deals with the parents. The show is really intended to inspire the people who are giver, or people who really, you know, out there in a position that they are, it, they they give service to those who need them. People who, you know, whether it's it's a young adult with disability or, you know, so tell us more. Like, wh- how do you yes. how do you keep oh. these parents 
you know, oh. understand, you know, that this is really something a lot more than just taking care of, of these um oh. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's so um, I, I've got about um, four or five things I try to um, uh, get you know get across, or, or uh, if people are in a position where they can process, there's process and content, you know, and and um, the content um, I want them to know, you know, I I talk to you know, like I say many groups um, of parents, and I want them to know you are flawed. You're not perfect. You're not mm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Nobody expects you to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And you're you are flawed. And a lot of times, you know, I'll get heads will look down. But I want you to forgive yourself for that because no one's expecting you to be perfect. So give yourself a break. And I'll say it in different ways. Um I'll open uh I, I uh gave one talking I had Michael Jackson, you know, kind of <laughs> not the real Michael Jackson, but his song beat <laughs> it. That got a little attention. Um, but what I'm saying is, is they are special. I mean, you can't be perfect all the time. So love yourself enough to take care of yourself. It is so hard for us as a society. We we beat ourselves up and we expect so much of ourselves. Um, so I, I try to um, to get caregivers to to understand that you are a caregiver. Giver, you got to give back. <laughs> you got to take right, some. Right. <laughs> you got to you got to take some of it too, and and find find some joy. It's uh, it, or I read uh, so maybe Tony Robbins or, or somebody said it's. Um, uh, it's easy, quote, easy to be sad or to beat ourselves up or to get in the grind, you know, on the grindstone. It's more difficult to find fun stuff or be happy. And at first when I read that, I thought, oh, that's not true, but it is. Uh, you know, you've you got to work, you got to schedule it in there. Um, and you got to know, okay, um, uh, you know, look at your own pattern. Some people are night people. Some people are day people. Um, I find as I get <clears throat> more senior in my years <laughs> that I go to bed a little earlier. Right. And I just, uh, well, I, you know, a, a lot of times and um, we find that, especially with our baby boomers, uh, and the reason I got the certification in dementia care is the baby boomers are dealing with an elderly, uh, either mm-hmm. chronically disabled senior, you know, family member, uh, a mother, father, a sister, whatever, uh, and they're raising this young adult who's 19, 20, you know, that, I mean, it's like two worlds. Um, so there could be a lot of frustration in the family. Wow, what an amazing human being. What an amazing woman, Ms. Debbie O'Blunt. We're going to take a short break, and we will share with you the highlight from the Leadership Summit from Washington, D.C. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments.
Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Kotria. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're listening to the show live or archive. I do appreciate each one of you guys. Just wanted to remind you guys that our show is also available on iTunes in the podcast section. So we will come to invite you there, and please make sure you subscribe to the show and uh, support us in that manner. So before the break, you know, as I mentioned today, we're sharing the best of the best. Every guest that we had on the show in 2015 were amazing, and I'm forever grateful for you guys. Thank you so much for being my guest. But before the break, I shared with you an interview that I've done with an amazing human being, and her name is Debbie Ovland, the founder and the CEO of Special Life. She has a passion and a purpose to help those with special needs and their parents, especially young adults with special needs and their parents. She's the author of Chronic Happy and How to Achieve It, a Special Needs Parent Survival Guide. So now I'd like to share with you some of the highlights from the Leadership Summit that I had the honor to attend along with Debbie Ovland, hosted by the United States Business Leadership Network, and uh, some of the uh, things that went on regarding um, special needs, people with disability, and the workplace. So just sharing a few of the highlights. And we're going to have the convention, um, I will say the governor's office for uh, disability. The Texas so governor? Yeah, and so we're really excited about having the convention. Could you please um, just uh, introduce yourself to our audience, please? Yeah. Uh, Randall Johnson, I'm Senior Vice President for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce for Labor, Immigration, and Employee Benefits. Very nice to meet you. And, of course, we have Debbie Ovland, the CEO of SpecialLives.com. So, um, Debbie, you wanted to, to have a little chat yes. with us? Uh, well, I'm just really looking forward. I've learned a lot today, and uh, I learned a lot about, and of course, uh, my daughter is 20, and uh, this is a passion for me to have accessibility and have people be people and live independently and with reasonable um, accommodations and everything. So what uh, what do you feel like your main message to uh, to the rest of the world is as far as accessibility and what we're doing so far. I think we've come a long way, but I think... Well, we have come a long ways, and I like to always put it in the perspective of uh, I was a staffer on Capitol Hill 25 years ago, and the first thing I worked on was the Americans with Disabilities Act, and so I have a historical perspective of from, from then to now, and it's, it's amazing to me how far, far things have come. And I was saying to Tony Coelho, I guess, it would be curious, if you could roll back 25 years, what would it be like? No curb cuts, employers could obviously just just not hire anyone based on their disability, no matter what, what it was. And to see companies like we had here today at the Chamber talk about the efforts they're going through, because they see it's a win-win to, yeah. to recruit and, and hire and keep the disabled, uh, it's just a tremendous, tremendous progress over the last 25 years. And where I come from the perspective of normally uh, opposing new legislation on my members and certainly bigger government mandates, this is one where I think it was appropriate. And it was through a long process, of course, the disability groups, we were able to reach a compromise on the legislation, and it's worked out fairly well. Now, there are problems, but there are problems with any new law and any old law. Many laws are still being litigated in the courts, as you well know, and that's uh, that's just unavoidable in this country where we do have sometimes a litigious society, and we have courts that hear cases, and but that's what makes our country great also. 
uh, so it's not a perfect system. Uh, it's not a perfect law, but it's worked very well, and, and it's, it's just tremendously rewarding to me, having worked on the original ADA, to see how far the country's come on it. What, what, what's the future hold? Like, what are you, what are you envisioning that will be happening in the near future? Actually, we're not, looking, you know, we don't want to wait another 25 years. I hope. Well, I think some of our panelists suggested this, um, but one of the other areas I work on happens to be in immigration, and uh, that's a hot topic, of course, in Texas, and we can talk about that, too. Uh, but uh, there is one reason immigration is important to my members here at the U.S. Chamber is because there is a shortage of workers now, but certainly coming down the pipeline in the future because we have an aging American population here, as one of our panelists mentioned. and. As we all get older and age, we're going to develop some disabilities. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping, depending on how long we live, uh, and uh, God bless us. But uh, and so I think the future holds because there's going to be a shortage of workers, in, meaning employers are going to be look, expanding their efforts to recruit from from the population to fill jobs that aren't going to be filled by the normal population, not the normal population, the normal pool of workers and an aging population, that companies generally are going to be even more responsive to trying to figure out ways to employ the disabled and to also be responsive to the disabled who are now simply disabled because they become older as customers. Right. I mean, there's a twofer. There's a shortage of workers, which is going to drive broader recruitment and therefore accommodations for workers with disabilities. But secondly, uh, we're all aging, and so that's going to create a pool of customers, which companies are in the business of selling products, and they're going to see that's, that that's, that's a so huge true. pool. But how do you minimize risk for companies who are hiring disabilities that worrying about, you know, being sued, anything like that, or even spreading awareness, you know, about, you know, people with disability? What would you say about that? Like, I mean, you know, some people get scared, you know, if they, they can, obviously, if they don't have the accessibility available to, you know, to uh, hire people with disability. Right, right. So how do you minimize that risk? Well, uh, it's, it's similar to what we're trying to do in the, I know it may not seem similar, but it is in the area of wellness programs, which is smaller employers in particular see these things as being confusing, uh, and therefore, if it's confusion, is that going to lead to liability in court because I made a mistake? And, Part of the conference, the purpose of the conference we had here today was to provide a checklist to, to companies to go through uh, when they're thinking about going down this road about how do I hire more disabled workers. What do I need? Uh, and so make the process less complicated than it may appear because it's sure when you talk about IBM, they're they're talking mm -hmm. about things at a different mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. But but for smaller companies, they can be in this game too. Um, and of course, that's employment now got to keep in mind there's a huge customer base out there that if you make your business accommodating and open to to the disabled they're going to come in and buy things but i mean a small business like myself you know yeah. or even debbie who is really on the mission obviously to change the the the, the face of you know how people view disability you know i mean if i want to hire i mean i'm a small you know uh, Small, small right. Well, I mean, I have few people that you know report to me, but I'm like, you know, I'm, a, I'm almost pretty well as they say, like one man company. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I mean, if I wanted to hire, you know, people in that, you know, arena, like, what would I need to do? Like, what kind of available resources for me that I can reach out and just say, well, you know, I need these things so I can be able to provide jobs and stuff like that. I mean, we can all use help, right? So I mean, you can create jobs. Well, there are lots of resources on, on now on the website, et cetera. If you just, for, I mean, there's a lot of groups over here today that actually have job banks, et cetera, for, for disabled workers 
there's, there's, there's a lot of things in place right now for employees who want to reach out to that community. Okay. All right. Well, that's and also, and also, What would you want to say? Yeah. And also brochures on, on talking about the kinds of accommodations thing that can be made in a practical sense and how much do they cost. I mean, there's just a wealth of information on the web right now. Now, there is but a difference. But am I going to get lost in the system? That's what I want to say. Like, I mean, am I going to be able... But why well, I have you? So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm counting on her. But, but like, I want to hear from him. Yeah, but in the area of the law, things are not simple, and so sometimes you need consultants. You need people who specialize in this area. And and what I'm saying though, there is at this point a wealth of people out there, uh, not overly expensive. You don't necessarily have to go to law firms and pay them eight hundred dollars an hour to have help in this area. Okay. Now, just for your information, um, for your for your viewers, the ADA. As with all civil rights laws, they do have an exemption for employers with less than 15 employees, so they don't, they're not covered under the Act's requirements, which is different than perhaps a, a, a an employer who wants to willingly go, go down this road. But just so your, 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 uh, your listeners should know that when it comes to the public sector of selling to the disabled, or pu- we call it the public accommodation Title III part of the ADA, there is no exemption for small businesses. So... I just want your readers to know that, and if you're selling something to uh, selling something to the public, you have to be aware of the requirements under the ADA because they apply no matter the small of your, no matter the size of your business. If you're thinking about employment of the disabled, there is an exemption for 15 or less uh, for the very smallest kinds of businesses. So I'm not taking a position on. No, no, I understand, yeah, yeah, but I mean, what about education. what about you know for Debbie? So she's a profit for profit company. You know, but she's also, you know, the face, like I said, of, you know, trying to help, you know, um, changing the face of disability. Would you suggest that she should be for private? Because I'm I'm also, like, you know, her advisor and and, and executive coach. Um, Would you suggest that she should stay for profit or will she have more opportunity if she goes for non-profit? You know, does that make any difference or not really? Not really. I don't know. I mean, this is look. I deal with profit and non-profit hospitals. I deal with. But I mean, as far as resources, would she be able to get? You know, I mean, she's. I don't think that makes a difference. Okay. I mean, there are certain. There are certain. Debbie, do you have to? There are are certain tax advantages to being profit and non-profit. I'm sure Debbie knows of those. But in terms of. So what do you think she should do? I don't think she should say non-profit. She should stay non. No, she's profit. She's for profit. Okay. So she could. She should go non-profit. That's why I think. But I don't know. Well, I'm just, you have to look at the tax code and figure it out for yourself on that. I'm not going to. Yeah, okay. I, Debbie, I, go I, ahead. I think people just need to know there are you know, local experts. And I'm a family nurse practitioner. I'm in health and wellness also. Oh, okay. Uh, so that I can help in a number of areas. My sport coach, um, and uh, Coach Rhea is, uh, is, is my executive coach, says you're 400 bucks an hour. You know, as a consultant, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's you know, it's hard to get people to come up with that cash. Uh, so I, but I go in and I'll find out what what their pain is, and then uh, work with them and their employees to take away that pain. Okay. Well, we have we have on the chamber website. We have a nice uh, low website there on, on wellness programs and guides mm-hmm. for small business. By the way, so mm-hmm. you may want to take a look at that. Yeah. That sounds be. really good. Well, I really um, want to so. thank you yeah. honestly for taking the time to to speak thank with us. So I appreciate much. it. All right. Oh, All right. And, take and, care. Um, do you have a card, sir? Yeah. And we'll send you a link to our country. Yeah. And now here's a short interview with Jason Bryan, who is a corporate HR compliance manager dash workforce at BAE System Incorporation. Okay, so now we have Jason Bren from BAE System Care Services Incorporation. 
and he's also attending the U.S. BLM uh, Summit in Washington, D.C. at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. So we just want to get his feedback on what he heard and what his takeaway from what has been said and, and how we can, you know, hopefully, you know, move forward to improve the accessibility and all the things that as far as, you know, creating jobs for, for disabled, um, uh, whether veterans or anybody in, in, in that um, arena. I think, Hello, <laughs> I think the theme for me um, is that we all have the opportunity and responsibility to be champions, uh, to be champions in our own space, whether that's uh, in a corporation like, like that's my responsibility or an organization that other people are to, to help move the dial, uh, one person at a time, one company at a time, uh, one industry at a time. And uh, I think being part of, of this organization, and, and uh, yesterday I was... Uh, at an event where employers were recognized uh, for going above and beyond really embracing uh, these principles in employment uh, is what it's all about. Uh, I know from an ADA 25th anniversary perspective, I started my journey um, right when the ADA was passed uh, when I lost a uh, job because I wasn't accommodated. It was my first job out of, out of uh, college. And in that process, and I've, I'm legally blind, and I lost a lot of vision, hereditary eye disease. I have three generations in my family of blindness, my mom, myself, one of my three kids. And uh, in that process, um, it's pretty, looking back, it's a unique journey um, because at that time, uh, I went through two years of uh, rehabilitation, adjustment to blindness, and then I went to law school to be a disability rights attorney, which I've done uh, to help to help move um, the dial. And here we are 25 years later, um, and a lot of people in this room are, are involved in moving this where there was none of this infrastructure was there before. So I, I think uh, it's neat to see, and from a corporate perspective, it's neat to see, I mean, the kind of job that I have and I've held didn't exist. You know, there wasn't uh, an employment, there wasn't a workplace uh, disability program uh, director that ran, uh, there was no disability program for an employer, let alone a position uh, to move uh, the culture from compliance, legal compliance, to inclusion. And really that's what it's all about. So deciding just to be part of the movement uh, and part of the change. And we've come a long way, but have a long way to go. Well, that's great positive stuff that you said. So what do you feel about the awareness? I know I heard that constantly, and I'm one of those people who really always talk about awareness, bringing awareness to it. What do you think some of the things, you know, most employer, like how can we spread awareness, let's put it that way, about disability in hiring, you know, people who are disabled? Well, I, that's, that's the, the key, and I think one of the things we talked about today that, that I'm working on is uh, making disability, uh, having it open, having it uh, part of the conversation, um, and there's ways to do that from an employer perspective. For example, I work with a communications department. We have articles uh, that go to employees uh, on a monthly basis that's related to disability, whether it's disability inclusion, whether it's a personal story, a personal profile of an employee, an organization, the company sponsors, uh, volunteering that employees do on their own, uh, all those kinds of things to make it uh, out front uh, and all those things. I think it, one of the things that we talked about today was support from the top. That is key. In any organization, we need to have CEOs, we need to have uh, our senior leadership team members, vice presidents, share their personal stories, 
uh, with, with family members with disabilities, with their own disability. I think specifically one of the biggest movements I've seen over the last few years, specifically with Section 503 for federal government contractors, is something that came up today is uh, it's one thing for those of us with visible disabilities, it's another for the 85-90% uh, of employees uh, in employees that have uh, non-apparent disabilities, right? That, again, you look at a person and you don't know, right? You don't know that they have diabetes, you don't know that right, they have cancer, right, you don't right, know depression and learning disability, all those kinds of things, and have that part of the conversation uh, where, where it's okay. It's okay to disclose. Uh, it's okay to say, hey, I have this, because in the end, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's what the millennials bring. Um, I've learned that with my kids. Um, they bring that awareness, and that, and they think that way. And I think as we have you know, more and more millennials and new generations in employment, we're going to continue to see that movement. That's amazing. So education, of course, that's a big key, too. You know, we have to keep you know, educating the public and the mass and the CEOs and the top leader up there because that's what we said, you know, starts from the top down, right? But it takes champions to do that. It takes know. a village. <laughs> it takes a village. I mean, you get a no and then you keep going, you know, and it may take six to nine months to a year. We just have to, to keep plugging in. Absolutely. Plug in. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No doesn't mean no, it just means not right now. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate you, Jason. Really, thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure, You're welcome. and, you know, to meet you and, and thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. My Welcome to Texas, Arlen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, when, when you see me, come and say hi. I yeah. will, we will. Well, I've learned a lot from you, Debbie Oveland, the CEO of Special Lives, and I've learned a lot from attending the Leadership Summit in Washington, D.C. So I do want to thank you, Debbie, for giving me that opportunity to be there and to interview some of the key leaders um, who are trying to make the difference as well. So my takeaway from that is that leadership starts from the top. It's about awareness and education. And also, some of the things that I've heard from some of the panelists, that we all have abilities and some disabilities, but we must view people as people, regardless of who they are, and provide them with the tools and the jobs to show off their talent, regardless. So you, my friend, the listener, you can also make the difference. You can also do something, whether you have someone in your life with special needs or you don't. Support Debbie Oveland's mission to really help those with special needs and also the caregiver behind those people with special needs. You can do that by going to speciallives.com. Again, that's www.speciallives.com. Go there, check out the work that Debbie Oveland is doing locally in her community with the Texas governor and everybody else who are she's associated with. And you can pledge your, your donation there to support the cause. You can try to see some of the other avenues that you can actually be of service. No matter what you do, as little or as big, you can make the difference. So make that step. Take that first step to help someone else. Let people be people. Let's all take care of each other. Why should we take care of another human being? Because we are a human being. And the world will be better if we all work together. 
So until next time, my friend, next week I will share with you some of the highlights, some of the best of the best. Again, I will share with you some highlights from some of the best of guests that we had on the show. And I want to keep emphasizing every guest that we had on the show in 2015 and every year there before. They were all fantastic. They contribute a lot. They share a lot. And you are welcome to contact them directly. So again, until next week, my friend, stay amazing and be amazing. You are amazing. All the best. Yeah.